There are many texts that would be fitting for Easter Sunday. Today we're going to read the story of the road to Emmaus that happens later on on that Easter Sunday, that first day of the week where Jesus is resurrected. So this is later on in the day. The women have already been to the tomb and there are two that are on their way to Emmaus. We're in Luke 24, picking it up at verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus drew near it and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a mighty prophet in deed and word before God and all people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And Jesus said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? while he opened to us the scriptures. And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Here ends the reading of God's word. We have two disciples Two people who had seen a lot of Jesus' ministry, apparently, who are walking the seven miles from Jerusalem to a little town called Emmaus. One, we know who it is, is Cleopas, the text tells us. The other one remains unnamed. And so there's discussion about who this unnamed person is. Is it a friend of Cleopas, another disciple? One of these, the text leaves open is that perhaps it's his wife. 
that he and his wife are traveling from Jerusalem after the Passover home. And so I'm going to refer to him that way, even though the text doesn't say that specifically, it's possible. So they're walking, walking to Emmaus, and a stranger walks beside them on the road. It's Jesus, but the text says they, they can't tell that. Apparently it's a miraculous thing that they can't tell it, because very later he, they're going to see him in an instant. They don't know who it is, and so when they ask, when he asks them what they're talking about, they stop and look down with sadness. As you can imagine how sad they must have been. And so they explain to this stranger that what they had seen, that they thought they had found this Redeemer of Israel, the one who would finally save the people of Israel. But their leaders had put him to death. Now there's this crazy rumor going around that maybe he's not so dead. The body maybe is gone. Was it stolen? Surely a lot of those disciples had gone to the cross or had known people that had gone to the cross. He was definitely dead. He was wrapped in burial clothes and put in a tomb. Had, he, had his body been stolen, what was going on? There were rumors flying everywhere. How could Jesus have raised from the dead? Maybe they had been there when Lazarus had been raised. Maybe they had seen resurrection before. But how could Jesus raise himself from the dead when he is, in fact, dead? And so Jesus quietly walks along with them, hearing their story, their complaint, their sadness. And then finally responds. And he says, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory. Then he goes back in the Old Testament as they're walking along and starts to lay out exactly why he did what he did, even though they don't know it was him that was doing it. How he had to die. How he really was the true redeemer. How this had been the plan for centuries as the prophets had been revealing it. They were foolish and slow to heart to believe. And really, Jesus asks this in a way that assumes they should have known. He's told them this was going to happen, at least on three different occasions. But they were blind to it. They were foolish and slow of heart to believe. But that's us a little bit, right? I mean, often it's difficult to believe this story. It's sort of a grand story of, of resurrection. How can there be resurrection? We're slow to realize that it was necessary for Jesus to die for us. That we need a Redeemer and a Savior. Later, when Jesus is revealed to them, they say, Oh, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked on the road, while he opened up to us the Scriptures? Yeah, they, they had sensed it. They had known there was something different. There was something exciting about that. That conversation, that story of what had really happened I think we come here today with that same sort of burn, burning in us. We want to celebrate. We want to hear the story. And Jesus is finally made known to them when? At the table. And the text is very specific that he takes bread, he breaks it, gives it to them. And it's clearly a, a, a link back to communion. That suddenly when they're at the table with him in this sort of worshipful moment, he breaks bread he does the sacrament, and suddenly, there he is. He was there all along, but suddenly we recognize him. That is what worship really does. It helps us to recognize him. That's what we come here today to do.
But then the most frustrating thing of the whole story happens, right? They finally recognize him. Oh, that's Jesus. How many times had they eaten dinner with this guy or walked along the road with this guy before? He, they're not part of the 11, but they're clearly, they know the 11. They know where they are. But suddenly Jesus disappears. Oh, you see me, now you don't. But if you read all the resurrection stories, you're going to find a very similar pattern. It's like Jesus will be we there and he'll be seen and maybe he'll eat a little bit and then he's out of there. He like doesn't stick around. He tells Mary in the garden not to hold on to him. He let his disciples touch his wound, but they don't hold him the same way you might when a friend returns to you after being away for some time. These disciples had seen him. They'd eaten with him. They'd slept next to him. They'd heard him snore. They knew this man. And yet in the resurrection stories, it's like they keep distant. And he keeps distant. Of course, he's different now. He had set aside his Godhead to come to earth. He had humbled himself, as the text describes. But now he's taken it back. Now his work is nearly complete. All that's left to do is to go back to be with the Father. He has been glorified, perfected. He will have a new level of intimacy with them, but not till Pentecost. Right now, he sort of stays aloof from them. And so he leaves. And even though it's getting late at night, they're having their supper, finally they've made the seven-mile walk to Emmaus. The text says they get up, and they make the seven-mile walk back in the night to tell the disciples what has happened. And in the meantime, Jesus has showed himself to some of the disciples. And so they're starting to get different appearances, starting to realize he is really back. When they get there, notice in the text that they don't even say Jesus' name. They say, Lord, the Lord is risen. They recognize Jesus as Lord, maybe in a new way than they ever realized it before. Maybe he wasn't just there to redeem Israel. They start to understand that he was there for a much bigger purpose, to redeem humanity. This day changes everything. Eugene Peterson, author of the message paraphrase of the Bible, shares a story about a friend of his named Brenda who flew to Chicago for a visit with her daughter and especially her granddaughter Charity. Charity was five years old, cute, but, but very verbal, you know, talked and, and spoke and really articulated her thoughts. Charity's grandmother on her dad's side had been visiting her the week before, and now she was getting time with her maternal grandmother. And now her, her, her grandmother on her father's side was, was, took spiritual grandmothering very seriously and, and taught to really train up this child in the way she should go and really teach her the faith. And so when Brenda arrived, little Charity, that first morning, crawled into her bed very early in the morning, cuddled up against her and said, Grandma, let's not have any God talk, okay? I believe God is everywhere. Let's just get on with life. And I think little charity has a lot to say to us on Easter today. Today is a day filled with God talk, resurrection, redemption. We talk about what happened at Easter and why Jesus did it all. We have very organized God talk, right? If I say he is risen, you know to say he is risen indeed. It's pretty structured. We know the songs we're probably going to sing this morning uh, or, or three of the four or five we typically do on this day. We know 
We're a little bit over-prepared for Easter, not really surprised and amazed and wondering the way that first Easter would have gone. Now, believe me, I'm a pastor, and I really like God talk. But at some point, we've got to get on with life. And that is where Easter really hits the road. We've got to get on with life. But life is different because Easter has happened. Jesus is now Lord, our King, our Boss, our Ruler. The point of Easter is not God talk. It's resurrection living. Listen to Paul's words from the book of Colossians chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seating at the right hand of the Father. Paul's understanding is you've been raised with Christ. You were dead before. You've been dead. But suddenly now, when Christ rises, you rise too. You're new. You're different. Easter changes how we think. It should change how we look at the world. It should change what we focus on and what is important. It's not just God talk. It's about getting on with life as it's supposed to be. We are a resurrection, resurrection people. We will be raised someday with Christ, but we are also raised now. We are in our tombs no longer. Easter is not just something we believe, it's something that we are. Easter is not just something that we are, it's something that we do. We rise. We invite others to rise with us. We worship and recognize Jesus in the middle of it. Whenever we break bread, whenever we sing songs, we once again recognize the risen Lord in our midst. We do crazy things like walking seven miles back to where we just came from in the middle of the night to tell others about Jesus. If you have doubts today, so did these disciples. If you think God only speaks to important or holy and good living people, he appears to an unnamed person, and that's recorded for us. If you, don't, if you do believe in the resurrection, then how are you living it? We are changed this day. We are resurrected this day. And so there are areas in our lives that are dead, that we have not let God bring back to life. And you know what? He's coming for them today. We come out of those tombs, those dark places in our lives where we feel stuck. Those painful and hate-filled places that we keep buried, those stones are rolled away this morning. Places where we are deeply wounded in our lives are suddenly healed, and only the scars remain. We now belong on earth, but we are also citizens of somewhere else. May today not just be about God talk for you, but may you recognize Jesus and get on with life in him. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are and for what you have done. We thank you that we are risen with you, that you have come to earth for us, died, paid that price, redeemed us, not just Israel, but us. Lord, we pray that Easter would sink into our bones, that it would become part of who we are, not just a day a year, not just a day to dress up and come to church. Let it be us. Let it be who we are. Help us to be a resurrection people, a resurrection church. 
that you would receive the glory and honor in all that we are and all that we do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.